Hi, and welcome to another episode of Walleye Chronicles, where we sit down with you every week and discuss how fishing has created your life, how it's changed your life, and how it's affected your life. Today, I have Tom Wolzinski with me today, and uh, we're going to talk to Tom about how fishing has affected his life and how he grew up fishing. So, Tom, how are you doing? Doing excellent. Enjoying summer. Was I okay with the pronunciation? Yeah, it was close. It was Wyshetsky. close. Wyshetsky. It was pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> So tell me a bit about your about your childhood. Um, childhood. Were you middle class, lower class, upper class? Boy, mansions? <laughs> no mansions. <laughs> <laughs> I was born and raised in Green Bay, okay, uh, Wisconsin, and my dad was a fireman. Nice. Mother was a housewife, homemaker. Okay. We had six kids, so wow. I wouldn't say we were uh, by any means upper class. We. Right. We, uh, you know, did whatever we needed to do to, my dad put food on the table, yeah. put a roof over our head. So, but, uh, yeah, it was good, good upbringing, good childhood. I know all brothers and sisters scrap like brothers and sisters <laughs> do, bet. but we all enjoyed the outdoors. My dad was a avid hunter, fisherman. Okay. So, uh, yeah, he kind of got us going. We ha- were fortunate that, uh, we had a, a, a cabin up in uh, the north woods of okay. wisconsin and so a lot of time spent up there and that's kind of where i was baptized you know <laughs> getting my okay. feet wet in the water yeah fishing so do you what's your first memory of fishing boy first memory um probably out on the dock uh this lake we were on just you know in a lakewood town scenario small lake okay. gin clear water bluegills bass you know you can see you know we six feet of water at the end of the dock with a cane pole the old black <laughs> dacron line yep bobber fishing bluegills with nice. my grandmother probably first met real memory of fishing but uh um from there i can remember freezing my tail sitting on the <laughs> swamico river with my dad trying to catch perch right after ice out That's you know funny. in the springtime yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was always, you know, if you could be with dad, you were kind of, you know, elevating right. yourself over the other brothers and sisters to do some fishing. So. Get the hierarchy going. Exactly, exactly. So did you all fish together? Were they all equally f- uh, kids fishing up or some not so much, some well, more? yes and no. Um, my oldest brother had some, uh, was born with a with a problem with his leg. So he, he maybe was maybe not so aggressive at first, but uh, we... You know, I mean, we always spent a lot of time, like I said, in the Northwoods. But as we got a little older, I had two younger brothers that were 10, 11 years younger than I was. But uh, if we think about Green Bay back in the 60s, Green Bay was kind of a, you know, it was kind of a toxic waste dump with all the Fox River and things like that. So uh, you could go fish perch, like up in Door County was pretty good. Up near O'Connor was good, but the lower bay was not 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 okay. a good fishing area at all so we um as as i think about the progression uh my dad got into fishing lake michigan um when the lake trout kind of you know the dnr kind of yep. really supplemented that and the uh, populations really grew so lake trout fishing in the early 70s was big and we did a lot of that we'd go out you know and a, all we had was like a 14 foot starcraft boat wow. Go brave the waters. We had to pick our days, obviously. Right, the, but, the, uh, was it motor work all the time for you, or is it any issues with that? Everything. <laughs> yeah, we had a Scott motor, a Scott, Scott outboard, if you can believe it. Wow. 15 horse, man, 
tried and true. <laughs> we got in and out. We definitely picked our days when, you know, it wasn't too yep. rough, but man, we always seem to catch a few fish. Where'd, so. you, where'd you guys launch out of? We went to Kiwani and Algoma quite okay. a bit. Um, like I say, in Green Bay, it was kind of the closest place. He was a fireman, you know, so they have a one day off, a work a day, two days off, work a day. So he had some time you yep. know, when he was working. He was gone, obviously, 24 hours. But uh, no, boy, I was... He needed bodies to like. We we actually gravitated to a little bigger boat, sixteen foot fiberglass boat. Actually had a windshield. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So dry. so he needed uh, always needed somebody to you know steer, somebody to net. <laughs> so I can remember getting plucked out of bed at three thirty right. in the morning to. My dad always used to tell me it was the three extra poles. Well, that too, that too. It was, it was, uh, gosh, this is like the early 70s. We had skis, these big old skis. You don't see them today, but they were, they came from Lake Superior. Okay. Some of his buddies did. Uh, so he had a big mast. He had these oh. shock cords going out, and you'd see the, the you know, not like a planer board that would bounce back. Yep. It would just, you know, he kind of knew there was a fish there, and the bells would ring. He had bells on these shot cords, <laughs> and ding, ding, ding. So it was a whole deal of pulling the ski in, wrapping the wire line around your hand, and then putting it on a pole. It was it was an operation. Wow. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it worked, and we, man, I can't tell you how many lake trout, you know, laden with PCBs I ate when I was a kid. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that so, was. Uh, so you were up super early. Yeah, drive. that was, uh, you know, if I think about Lake Michigan, the alewife were just, you know, thick. Mm -hmm. And those fish grew quick. And I mean, and and then probably like in the, uh, let's say, mid-70s, the, the, the planting of Chinook came along. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was huge. And so that was the whole, we kind of started to forget about the lake trout after gotcha. that and gravitated to. So what was it, was it a, a full day or did you guys out early and kind of be back? Out early, early yeah. Um, I mean, if the weather cooperated, we <laughs> might fish till noon. Okay. So it was usually, I mean, that's, you know, that's seven, a long day. seven, eight hours. That was yep. enough. Yep. That was enough. So uh, with six kids, man, everything went in the freezer. Uh, so yep. we ate. <laughs> Yeah. grilled boiled broiled <laughs> <laughs> whatever we ate a lot of fish yeah right. um was there any bait shops remember as a kid going through stopping through bait shops um if i think about that uh max sport shop in sturgeon bay always had the fishing report okay so they had a fishing report and was at like 7 a.m you know, noon and three, and they would give all of the lowdown, all the charter captains would tell you what depths they were at, you know, what they were catching them on. And yeah, that was always, you know, the highlight of, of the day. But as far as, you know, I mean, as far as sporting goods stores, I guess Fleet Farm was, was kind of what my dad would, would yeah, lean on. There was always equipment there, but there were a few other specialized uh, shops in Kiwani, Algoma that he would stop at for, you know, although I must say, my dad was kind of a jack of all trades. He would he would make his own flutter spoons. He'd buy a sheet of stainless right. and he'd cut them out, you know, and he'd pound ripples in them and he'd polish them. And we we caught a lot of fish on his homemade stuff, wow. you know. He would actually melt his own. I don't even know where he got the lead, but we'd have one pound <laughs> sinkers. We had we put three pounds on these uh, on these skis to go down to catch lake trout, you know, in a hundred feet of water. Yep. But he made all that stuff, so wow. it was amazing. <laughs> I think trial and error to kind of figure out how 
how it works and how how to make all that stuff yeah catch fish you know i think he like i said he was a fireman and there were a few other guys that were starting to get into it and they'd compare notes and they you know they uh trial and trial and error and and uh those kind wow. of things so but he had molds for you know i don't think he t went to some tire store and got a bunch of leftover Lead, leads from the and the he weights. would he had these smelting pots he'd have his little coleman stove out in the backyard and he'd be <laughs> melting down lead and pouring sinkers and <laughs> so it was something that's, going on that's cool so when the first time that you um that you fished kind of by yourself with your friends if your middle school high school do you have that kind of experience yeah i mean i think if i if i revert back to the north woods a little bit so we would we started fishing bass uh you know when you know the lake was that's a 40 50 acre lake and there were always bass around so here again my dad made this little wood dinghy boat and i he made had his own boat. yeah he made his own boat it was about a 10 footer and actually was a sailboat uh it had a sail and it had a keel but you know but we had oarlocks in it so okay. it was the okay. perfect little boat for a, so we'd go and and uh cast the shoreline for bass probably when i was you know probably eight nine years old and get out and you know go do that and that was that was always in the evening and you know some sometimes we keep some of the bass usually we let them go but in the middle of the day when they we always uh i would i would take the old flatfish and i'd have three poles or two poles whatever and troll flatfish in the middle of the lake over the top of the weed beds and that would be you know, I seem like I always caught fish. That was What's a flatfish? You know, it's a uh, it's 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 a hooked or uh, kind of a curved plug, so it's got that tail action. But it, they would have like two hooks, a bar, and it would have two trebles on the side and one in the back, okay. and it, and it would just your your rod would just thump just from the action <laughs> of the lure, but something about that and that would you know this is before the days where you had all these big heavy build where yep. you could dive this was one plug that would They'd dive down, down to 10 12 15 feet oh. and uh anyway so that was starting you know i didn't need my dad to do that you know he could also look out on the dock he Watch could see that. where i was but uh yeah and um from there um as we kind of gravitated into high school the trout fishing you know bass was a summertime thing but yep we always wanted to fish right away so springtime you know the first of may uh in the, the streams and whatnot in the north woods yep. we would we would go uh, i had some high school buddies one guy you know if somebody got a car or a truck we'd go yep. and, you know whether we had leaky waders or not we were usually <laughs> <laughs> fighting the current somewhere yep. and yeah i mean we you know it was just fun to be out whether we're using spinners or crawlers or whatever but just catching trout, kids catching trout yep um any funny stories from that anybody any breakdowns oh, any getting in trouble any oh trouble? gosh yeah we not so much getting in trouble but you know there's there's always the guy that uh never had equipment he always had to borrow oh, yep. equipment <laughs> i can remember my grandfather had this old pair of waders probably from the 50s <laughs> <laughs> and the suspenders the elastic was so wore out well he 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 got those yeah. and i said i can't guarantee they're going to be <laughs> dry right. well anyway we happened to be fishing the peshtigo river uh one day and it was probably the opening in the it was it was really high it was really roaring and he went and it was and i knew this area had a big hole and he wanted to get out there in front of us yeah. and i said just watch your step you're gonna yeah. well anyway of course he went under and he was gone for like oh. 10 seconds oh. and he came up <laughs> 
screaming, swearing, and he got to shore. I never, I mean, these waders, the suspenders, they were down around his knees, and he was about five feet wide, full of water, and um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of expletives, but uh, yeah, uh -huh. that's a, that was a memory that uh, he, I don't think he ever lived down, so. <laughs> um, what lures do you remember as a, as a kid? What sticks out in your head as things that, like, your favorite lure as a kid, or ones that you just, like, you got to buy one, or your first one you bought? You know, go, if I think about bass fishing on our little lake, it was, uh, for some reason, we started fishing like in the around 1970 or late 60s, rubber, you know, plastic worms. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you had to have a purple worm. Okay. And that seemed like that caught all the bass or whatever. And then uh, Abu Garcia made this little spinner, and that was worked like, really well as well so if i think about that for bass but um yeah i don't know going back to salmon days and things like that the j plugs okay. were always super hot you know that was the thing to use uh you know we weren't never using like the flies that you know people right. are using yeah. today but uh yeah spoons and j plugs i think um you know if i think about walleye we they're really the only wall. If you weren't going far northern Wisconsin yep. or you're in the Wolf River system, there really weren't walleye in the bay at that point. Um, but then as, I don't I guess I was probably in college. This would have been late 70s, early 80s when the walleye first started coming into the Fox River. Yep. And it was the old fuzzy grub, you know, <laughs> Lindy Jig. Yeah, all oh, the old fuzzy grub. That was what would kill them on the right. on the Fox River here in De Pere anyway. So. so do you remember the first lure you bought? Oh, man. First lure I bought. <laughs> Let me just say this. My dad's tackle box, probably when he was 25, was this beautiful, well-stocked. And by the time my brothers and I <laughs> raided it, <laughs> so we never bought it. We just, we just took lures plugs from out of my dad's <laughs> box and half of them ended up in the trees and everything else yep. along the shoreline but um i would say when i was in uh high school we were starting to buy spinners and okay. you know maybe a few bass baits but then you know when the walleye bug hit us probably by the time i was 18 19 boy you know and and he'd, he'd watch the in fisherman show on saturday mornings <laughs> and everything that the lind boy linder boys yep. were pitching oh gosh you know everything worked so yeah the fuzzy grub thing was uh was a was a big deal so that's funny you mentioned that so that was that a big part of your fishing as the as the in fisherman was that like a must-see tv for you or just kind of a yeah oh well, okay so because for me it was it was every that's um oh. most of my fishing i growing up as a kid that was the number one i had to have the in fisherman magazines and the whole works you know i mean i one of my buddies well i went to you know went to uw stout one of my friends was a graphic arts major and he printed the in fisherman he had this old carpet van and he you know one of uh, yeah <laughs> he viewed himself as as babe winkleman the other guy was al linder and and uh, you know whatever uh we it was kind of a couple guys that were just joking around but uh yeah we if you think about winters in Wisconsin, we didn't have the, the TV options yep. we have now. Mm -hmm. And th that show would come on. Man, yep. that was just like you could think about something besides yep. cold winter. It was all about looking forward to spring fishing. That's true. And that yeah, was and it wasn't. Big, I mean, for me, I wasn't a big bass guy. So it was either 
search out and find in Fishman or it was uh, Bill Dance or something on those lines. And yeah, we, you know, well, Virgil Ward. Oh, for sure. You remember Virgil Ward? That was, uh, I just wasn't around when he was, but I remember seeing some of his old shows. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was almost, you know, what do you weigh, Virg? Pound, pound and a half, you know, those kind of <laughs> things he, we would imitate. But yeah, they were out of Missouri or yep. Arkansas or wherever. So they were out, that show was always on. And then it was, uh, um yeah in fisherman and i guess there were a couple other ones but um i guess babe winkleman came along yep. and he had a a good show here and there but yeah that was uh definitely something to look forward yeah. to for us yeah it was just nice having seeing people that were fish like me right because i right. really didn't grow up right. fishing. oh got you excited you it know? was winnebago system so it was you know we were always walleyes and northerns and and, and catfish and seeing somebody that's fishing you know, the same basic kind of styles as us. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. And they could, you know, you could envision yourself on that same lake and they would, right. they would teach you, you know, it was all about, okay, there's a pattern here, this or that. Right. And, you know, these guys weren't just going out and throwing lures around. They were had a, had a method and a yep. way of mm -hmm. figuring out and finding, yep. you know, and that's when you started looking at, well, maybe we should get. For the full version of this podcast, check out Fix TV. And remember, follow me on the talk at Smile and Fish and everywhere else at Matt Snell.